When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, the Horn. Thursday on Ian Rod B. Great names coming in. Says all horn, no bull. I like that. It says... uh, It's not bad. I like that. I'm writing that down. Ian Rod's morning brew. Mm. This guy says, hey, Rod, go Strohs. Go Strohs. Yeah, Astros. Going for a sweep today in Baltimore. We'll get you details of the uh, team with the best record in the American League. Astros have won the first two. Now two back of the Rangers. This is, uh, oh no. You say OJ's mad. Heads are going to roll. <laughs> That's not Come funny. on, man. Is that a joke? Come on. Too soon. Too soon? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yes, OJ. Oh, man. Too soon. Oh, that's crazy. All right. Hey, OJ jokes. They're too we, easy. They're too easy. Before we get to our headlines and uh, some other topics, have you ever been to Hawaii, Ron? I have not. That is on the bucket list. Got to get that done. Got to get that not done. Hawaii? Ever been? Never have. Me either. I would love to, obviously. But, man, if you've seen the, the, the images and the video coming out of uh, Lanai, is that Lanai? How do we say with this uh, the the capital of the uh, of of Maui? It's the you know one of the big islands there, um, but that that historic town there, Lanai. I'm going to say this is how we say it. Uh, has just been 36 people have been confirmed killed in wildfires in Hawaii now, what? and this is an unbelievable story. And I've seen some like TikTok videos and people like with their own eyewitnesses are more than even the news are giving you. Uh, it is terrifying because there, there, so there was a hurricane south of the islands, Hurricane Dora, and it was whipping up these you know seventy, eighty mile an hour winds, Rod, and then wow. apparently the winds knocked maybe I mean they don't have official word, but it appears that like a, a an electric breaker was was knocked mm. over, which started a it's fire, fire. Yeah. which and then the winds were blowing so strong that it just took off and there was no stopping it, and people I mean you're on an island. I mean, you, you come, I mean, how do you, people are running into the ocean to avoid, you know, avoid the, 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 the flames. Can we hear from an eyewitness to, to this? This is, I mean, this is why social media is amazing these days with TikTok and Instagram and people can yeah. just pick up their phone and kind of take you behind the scenes of these horrible, horrible, uh, you know, incidents. And here was in Hawaii. Uh, this is a young lady from, uh, from a video I found. Um, basically, there was a hurricane that was passing the island so yesterday the wind on Maui was like up to 80 miles an hour so when I woke up there was just like power lines down everywhere Um, the wind was blowing super hard Um, I ended up going down to the coffee shop that I work at I post about it on here sometimes and um, we were just like kind of watching the storm and Um, all of a sudden there was like a big thing of smoke that went up and 
I think it might have been from a power line, I'm not sure, but it just spread so fast. <laughs> and um, we evacuated, we like saw it go up super fast, so we went, ran to my house and I packed like a small backpack of things and then by the time we were trying to evacuate my house, which was like 10 minutes after the first initial fire, um, smoke went up. The entire town was like covered in black smoke. Like you couldn't even see where the fire was because the smoke was blowing so There you go. So There's an eyewitness from the island. Uh, That's uh, Lahaina uh, is the city. And mm. somebody said, I was literally on my honeymoon two weeks ago in Maui. Horrible, horrible news. And yeah, stunning images. It really is. I mean, it, it happened. That, that There's a young lady talking about how, how quickly it happened. And um, you can imagine, I mean, you're, everything's good. And then obviously there's a storm going on, so the yeah. winds are up and winds are blowing. And next thing you know... Um, I mean, that that the winds is pretty much what, you know, um, exacerbated the fires in Cedar Park. Park. Yeah. Because the, the winds picked up. Winds, the last couple of days, actually, the winds have been... Well, let's say, we, I remember back when the, uh, the Bastrop fires happened, obviously in the Steiner Ranch fires, nothing to this magnitude, but Bastrop was. And Bastrop, I remember, mm-hmm. was, I believe that was a Sunday afternoon, because I, you know, my my dad and I were on the golf course, and I was like, that again, my kids were old enough to be home alone, but they were home alone, mm-hmm. and so I was like, let's go home, because the wind was blowing like 30, 40 miles an hour, and it was a dry north north wind, and neither of us were playing good golf at the time because <laughs> we were 40 mile an hour winds, and I was like, let's get home, because uh, my kid, my the the wives were out doing something, yeah. and. Uh, and then got home and hadn't heard it because apparently the, the reports are the investigation that the Bastrop fire started with an electric, some electrical wires that were blown into a tree or trees mm-hmm. that then caught. And then it was just a just. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the wind. And then once the wind it. catch it. Yeah. It just starts blowing some of the dried up and that, brush that's burning elsewhere. And, and it didn't start in Bastrop. It started up near Elgin and it just took off south. Uh, with the winds and ended up, you know, into Bass Drop pretty quickly. And uh, it sounds like the same thing happened in Lahaina. It's scary, man. And if you drive through there, you still see that damage. Today. I know. It's unbelievable. Uh, so thoughts and prayers to those folks on a Thursday morning. That is as terrifying as it gets. It's so dry every and, damn where. So, it's, yeah. so pl- please be careful out there. Yeah, and it's a reminder for everybody here because uh, there's seems like there's brush fires more and more. Uh, we're on day 32 in a row of 100 degree temperatures plus and you know, the dry conditions, and there's no rain in sight. So mm-hmm. uh, be advised, and uh, thoughts and prayers. I know a lot of folks have vacationed in Maui and been there. And, that, and the, the, Lahaina is a historic little town. I mean, they have great streets for shopping and restaurants and, you know, nightlife and uh, all gone. I mean, the before and after photos from above are just stunning Sad, of man. how quickly uh, yeah. life can change. It's devastating. No question. All right, we've got uh, a lot to do. Rod will have his first rant of the day coming up. We're talking uh, college and pro football. And let's get to the headlines of the morning to get you caught up with the news on the sports landscape. UBO Business Services. Yeah, Longhorns had their seventh practice of training camp last night. It was their first in full pads. Meant work on the run game and run defense was the focus. Uh, All focus this afternoon is going to be on Duncanville High. That's south of Dallas, the state's top recruiting prospect for the class of 2024. The edge, five-star edge uh, rusher Colin Simmons has planned a commitment event for 2 o'clock today. 6'2", 225-pound senior-to-be has narrowed his schools of choice to three. Miami, LSU, and Texas make his short list. Uh, Most recruiting experts declared a two-school race, though, between Texas and LSU. We'll know today at 2 o'clock. Major League Baseball, Rangers lead atop the L West down to two. Rangers were shut out in Oakland yesterday by five A's hurlers who threw a four-hitter. Astros, meanwhile, 
won their second straight in Baltimore, beat them 8-2. And was uh, Kyle Tucker at that big grand slam on Tuesday night in the win. He started the game with a two-run homer in the first inning. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman combined for six hits and five driven in. They beat the O's 8-2. to Texas will have today off. Houston will look for the sweep this afternoon in Bmore. Also in baseball last night, history in Philadelphia. Newly acquired Phillies right-hander Michael Lorenzen. Certainly endeared himself to the home fans forever. He tossed the franchise's 14th no-hitter. 31-year-old just acquired from Detroit ahead of the trade deadline. Struck out five, pitched around four walks to lead the Phillies to a 7-0 win over the Nationals. But a no-hitter, he's just the fifth pitcher in Major League history and the second since 1900 to throw a no-hitter in his home debut with a new team. Also last night, Round Rock clobbered Albuquerque for the second straight night, 10-6. Same two teams tonight on a Thirsty Thursday conference. Realignment news. Atlantic Coast Conference presidents met last night and continued to discuss the possibility of adding Stanford and Cal to the league. According to multiple reports, there is no consensus within the league, and meetings last night led to some roadblocks. No formal vote was taken. Football-only member Notre Dame is reportedly a strong proponent of adding the Bay Area schools. ACC needs 12 of the 15 votes to be yes if anything can happen. NFL, all 32 teams will play preseason games between tonight and Sunday, beginning with a pair of games tonight. D'Amico Ryan's era begins for the Texans. They'll be in New England, face the Patriots. C.J. Stroud, the second pick in April's draft, will get the start. Also tonight, Minnesota's at Seattle. Cowboys open their preseason schedule Saturday night in Arlington, hosting Jacksonville. And in golf, they'll tee it off this morning at the St. Jude's Classic in Memphis. PGA Tour entering its three-tournament FedEx Cup postseason. Playoff begins with 70 golfers this year. Concludes with the Tour Championship in three weeks. A grand prize of nearly $20 million on the line. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy enter the playoffs as the top three in the FedEx Cup standings. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Um, with uh, Texas starting uh, their official padded practices, uh, I'm going to get into maybe some uh, some old offensive line discussion uh, coming up a little bit later on because the offensive line this year is supposed to be one of the best in college football. We don't talk enough about it. Um, and Christian Jones actually said, um, and we'll get some of that sound, Christian Jones actually said that he thinks that Texas, or at least their goal, is to win the Joe Moore Award which is for the best offensive line in the country, which I don't think Texas has ever won that award. Texas football. For the, Joe, the Joe Moore Award. For the best. It's, for the, it's, a, it's an entire offensive line unit award, not just for one guy. Yeah. I mean, there's if Lombardi it, Awards. Yeah, and... if it was one guy, Kelvin Banks, he, he'll, <laughs> he'll be in that conversation one day for the, you know, for the best offensive lineman award. But uh, the Joe Moore Award is an offensive line award given to the best um, offensive line in the country. And I think Kyle Flood has done it with yeah, he Alabama. He won at Alabama, I believe. He won it at Alabama. So that's, the, that's their goal. He said every day they got a checklist of what it takes to win that award, and they want to win that award this year. If they're in the conversation to win that award, it totally changes the complexion of this offense. This, I mean, because right now, we last year the, the offensive line was okay, but they – underachieved as a run-blocking unit, actually. Uh, Bijan Robinson and Rojo covered up a lot of the flaws in their run-blocking. They were actually a better pass-blocking unit. This year, though, you're going to need them to be an elite, effective run-blocking unit because you don't have Bijan and Rojo. And how, how often, Longhorn fans, just thinking in your head right now, did you see Bijan and Rojo turn what could have been a negative play into a positive play? 
over and over. Exactly. Over and over. <laughs> over and over. Like it was like it, it seemed like that is a a running reel in Longhorn fans' head about, man, that could have been a tackle for a loss. Oh, that could have been a three yard loss here or there. Nope, Rojo and Bijan found a way to make something out of nothing at times, and that was a huge advantage for a Texas offense, and we didn't see it in a bowl game. And think about the bowl game. Those tackles for loss actually were tackles for loss. Yeah, listen. <laughs> and they put you behind the chains a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the run game in, in, against Washington, having been in the building, it was just completely lame. Yeah. Uh, and Keelan Robinson, I don't think so. You know, an every down running back, you know, behind behind the, the line. But same time, um, th- it's got to be better uh, without those two running backs. But but the Joe Moore Award's only been given out since 2015. Okay. So Alabama was the first winner in 2015. Last year's Michigan's won it back to back years. Back to back. Bama did win it in 2020 when Kyle Flood was there and Steve Sarkeesian was calling plays and they won the national championship. So. It's there. Look, it's like that the players are talking about it. I mean, they shouldn't be. Because it's not an individual goal. It's a team goal, Mm -hmm. right? They're working together because we know offensive line plays about, you know, five five individuals playing as one and playing as a unit. And, you know, again, having covered this team for so long, Rod, I've covered your teams who what, what, what changed at Texas was, A, Vince Young, yes, Vince Young changed Texas from a really good team and a double digit win team when you were there to a national championship team. The offensive line became the the strength of the team, or NFL, one of the strengths. You had NFL players. Yeah, I mean Casey Studdard showed up, and Lyle Senline, and Justin Blaylock, uh, and these dudes. Because you know, I just think it changes the whole um, mindset of your team because it makes you tougher. Practices are tougher, you know. And the other opposite is true too. I think when your offensive line is weak. Your whole team kind of becomes weaker because you don't get the. Well, your D line is definitely a little bit weaker because yeah. they don't get, get to you know get to compete against an elite O line. Yeah, to make them better. Yeah, it, it toughens you up, hardens you, and then of course when you can just line up against teams and bully them and just push them around, uh, it, it changes the game and changes the equation. And and you know this right, having played for a long time, it, it's humiliating when you can't stop a team. When they can just line up and run it right uh, at you. It is demoralizing. There's nothing Mentally. worse when a team is just running it down your damn throat and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're trying everything within your power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so. think about uh, last year's Baylor game at the end when Quinn Ewers and the passing game were struggling and you know Dave Aranda was showing throwing those, uh, those blitzes and defenses at Quinn Ewers and he was turning the ball over and making mistakes. They just said, all right, stop throwing. Mm-hmm. Just line it up. It's that old, uh, the, the late D, uh, great DKR quote about uh, when you throw the ball, there are three things can happen and two of them are bad. Two of them are bad. That Baylor <laughs> game was. Uh, that's how Sark failed at that time. I mean, I had two things on that. I mean, for, for Sark, that was, all right, we're not going to. They didn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter, and they just ran ran it right down their throat with Bijan and Roshan. But you can, yeah, but you had that luxury of but, just but leaning you, on Bijan and Roshan. I do think, especially Jatavion Sanders and, and, and the linemen, they, they did a great job. Of, of opening holes, creating that opportunity to stay ahead of the chains and run the ball. That's mm-hmm. something you can build on. Obviously, it didn't show up in the, game, in the, in the next game they played, which was against Washington uh, in the uh, Alamo Bowl. Uh, the, if that is improved and they can run the football, because, again, it's, it, can you run the football when they, they know you're running the football? Exactly. Can they run it? And if, you can, if this team can do that, they're going to be, with all the weapons, they're going to be really, really a handful. That is one of the only, I think, question marks about the offense right now is that can they run the football? Can they run it? Like you said, can they run it when everybody knows they're going to run it? And if they can, wow. Well, they, th- think about they, it. There won't be a weakness with the team if they, offensively. Well, think, if about they it, think about Nick Saban week two, right? His game plan is going to be to stuff the run and then make Quinn Ewers beat him, right? He's going to try to get pressure. Well, you know what? I, I don't know about that. You don't think so? Because think about what happened in that game, right? Because he, 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 he took that approach already. Because in the game that, that happened last season – 
he decided he's going to play man coverage against Quinn Ewers, and he's going to see if Quinn Ewers, who is the you know highly one of the highest rated quarterbacks prospects in the history of modern recruiting, if he actually did have the golden arm. He said, like, I'm going to play man coverage. If he's got the golden arm, then he'll make all the throws. Because Nick Saban believes man coverage is the greatest coverage in the history of football. And he says the problem with man coverage is everybody don't have the dogs to play it. <laughs> everybody ain't got dogs across the board to lock Bunch up man. Bunch of five man. stars yeah, playing exactly. corner. <laughs> now, now he, exactly. LSU can do it. Ohio State can do it. Texas should be one of those schools that can do it, but not everybody can do that. And they did. And against, uh, against Quinn Ewers, they played a lot of man-to-man. And what did Quinn Ewers do? He was he was shredding alive. Them. Exactly. Because it was easy to read. It's yeah. easy to diagnose man coverage. Everybody knows when, when there's when it's man coverage. You can go look at a pre-snap read and go, oh, they're in man coverage. Everybody sees that. Everybody knows that. And I think for Quinn Ewers, what was his and his and he was a young guy, just basically a freshman. Um, but what was one of the issues for him in his development last season was processing, right? Processing the pre-snap. Uh, and the post-snap and having the ability and the comfort within an offense to be able to make the right decisions and get through a first, a second, and a third progression, which he had trouble doing. Once you, once you got Quinn Ewers past the second progression, you knew you had him because he was going to panic. And with the Alabama game, I think Nick Saban is going to play, have give him more exotic looks this year, and he may not try to stuff the run. He may see if Texas can run and try to stop this passing game because he knows Sark's going to try to late. Sark's going to try to put basically haymakers in the script and have knockout blows to try to knock Alabama out of that game early. You know he is. Yeah. You know get that. The crowd I know out it. Of it. Get the crowd out of it. It's in his DNA. He's going to throw some That's shots in there. Too. Yeah, it's his ego. And Nick Saban knows that too. So I think Nick Saban early is going to stop that passing game and, and, and basically rally to the run. Well, that goes right back to the point. If and they, then play Texas red zone defense. Run, if Texas can run that ball against a light box against Alabama, they'll, they'll be in good shape because that'll force them to bring extra people if they can get Jonathan mm-hmm. Brooks and the run game going because I think you're right about that. Uh, Rod's rant, the first of the day coming up, bottom of the hour. Uh, more on the offensive line. I think we might hear from Kelvin Banks as well in that. But I wanted to ask you, Rod, here about the Ron Rivera situation because we talked yesterday about <laughs> yeah. the Washington football team, the commanders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about Ron Rivera and then Eric Bieniemy's comments. We played both of them. And, you know, whether they're on the same page or not, I mean, it's a, it's a head coach with a new new offensive coordinator. It didn't seem that controversial to me. It didn't. Uh, you were just – you made the claim that, look, you, you're bringing a new bar from Kansas City where the expectations are here and Eric Bieniemy's going to have the expectation bar here and you better rise to meet it. Which uh, Ron Rivera, though, yesterday while we were doing the show – had a press conference after practice and clarified his comments regarding because it was about player concerns that Eric Bieniemy's too intense. Yep, he's coaching them too hard at practice. Yeah, uh, and some thought Ron Rivera was kind of hanging Eric Bieniemy out there, like he didn't need to share that because it was Ron Rivera that said we had some of the players have have been concerned about the intensity, and then Bieniemy came in and said I don't care. I don't care. I'm here to make them better. Uh, but then I guess that became a controversy in Washington. So Ron Rivera said yesterday, I've said many times since I hired Eric, I love the overall message that he gives to the team on his first day, and that was basically we've got to learn to be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what's happened for those guys on that side of the ball. They're uncomfortable. There's been a lot of change. Change is hard. I've always encouraged our players to have great dialogue and build relationships with our staff. Since those conversations took place with Eric and the players, I've seen improvements. And I can honestly say the last couple of days of practice probably have been the best of training camp, which I think is great. To me, the displays of the team uh, are beginning to embrace the new message and approach to how he does things. He added that he, he probably put his 
foot in his mouth because the one thing he did say, he compared how Eric Bieniemy's style is different to Jack Del Rio, mm, yeah, his defensive coordinator. Yeah, probably should have done and that. And some could have read it and maybe heard it as he's saying Jack Del Rio's way is better uh, than Eric Bieniemy's way. Um, but you know, Del Rio's been there. And, and Jack Durrell has been a head coach in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people wanted to, were wondering what Rivera was doing. So there are some who, who, deep down in the conspiracy theory, uh, you know, the, the Reddit rabbit hole where the conspiracy <laughs> theory is that Ron Rivera is already worried about his job big picture with a new owner. Uh, you know, the enemy would be a candidate. Did, they already, did he hire his replacement? Those are going on. And so as there are you know, the questions in the, in the Reddit rabbit hole of conspiracies is, is are, are, you know, are they feuding? Ron Rivera was quick to say, no, 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 no. And some of the, uh, apparently the players thought the comments made them look soft. Yes. Like they, right, they, they weren't receptive to tough, hard coaching, and it made them look soft. So, yeah, it, it, made, his, it made Eric Bieniemy as OC look bad, and it also made some of the players, they felt it made them look bad or made them look like they were weak. So Yeah, it, and, and the only reason yeah. that anyone knew that some players were – uh, dealing with the and new intense style was that Ron Rivera said it, which if he hadn't said anything about it, it wouldn't have never been a, a – and that's what he owned yesterday, saying, look, I should have you know, clarified it or not even said anything. Shouldn't, shouldn't have said anything. Say less, not more. Uh, but you're right. It didn't sound very controversial, but once the media kind of takes it and runs with it, then he had to address it. But I will say to the hard coaching, I love the Nick Saban quote, um, you know, high achievers don't like mediocre people, and mediocre people don't like high achievers. Don't put them together. And basically, I think they're trying to weed out some of these mediocre uh, mindsets with Washington. Think about that whole franchise. I mean, that's a mediocre They've mindset been bad on offense from the for top. Years. Yeah, exactly. From the, since Joe, Joe Gibbs left last time <laughs> they were good on offense, man. So it's been a long time. It's been a while. And I do think. You know, they're trying to change the culture. Eric Bieniemy, he's been around high achievers, so he's 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 trying to do things the way that he knows and he was taught by those high achievers there in Kansas City. And we know that franchise is one of the most mediocre franchises in the NFL. It shouldn't be, but it is. And Ron Rivera is a defensive guy who you played for. He was my D.C. when I was with the Bears. And, the he Bears. Is, uh, and he's built the defense into something pretty salty. A defense can go. The D-line is nasty. Yes, and so yeah. if they can get the offense to a higher level, they're going to be formidable, but, and, and that's Eric, Eric Bieniemy's job. And like you said, if Eric Bieniemy turns around that offense, yeah. he's going to instantly be a head coaching candidate because of what he did previously with, with Sam Kansas Howell City. at quarterback? Yes, that, <laughs> uh, that offense starts howling, no pun intended, and it is an elite, prolific offense. He'll be a candidate for a head coaching job quick, and it may be that job, like you said. So well, that's the, why the conspiracy theorists are out. The other side of the coin is true, too. If that o- offense is bad, the, the immediate conversation, oh, it's all Andy Reid, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, it's an indictment now, on Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, which is maybe why he's being really intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, same time, he knows. You know, th- th- there's also a talent issue in Washington. I mean, I don't know. They got good wide receivers. If Sam Howell's your quarterback and Terry McLaurin's your best receiver and who's your running back, Antonio Gibson, you know, Brian Robinson, the former Alabama running back. Uh, you know, got to have talent, too, because it helps in Kansas City to have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill before him. And Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Helping you out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. There's some uh, good stuff coming out. We're praying for the folks in uh, Lahaina. And yeah, Hawaii. that this, is horrible. Somebody said, God bless the uh, 36 people and their families who died in the Maui fire so far. Fire is the only thing, uh, is the one thing, but rarely they kill that many people. But if you heard the lady that we it's played, horrible. it sounds like it happened in the evening, at night. So, they, were, they were sleeping, yeah, or, or oh. going to bed, and it was you know, there was a storm, 
And next thing you know, a transformer comes down, starts a fire, and 80-mile-an-hour winds. So it happened fast. You didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, Mother Nature, and you're, you're on an island. Where are you going? Oh, you, I mean, also true. Yeah. yeah, it's sad. No, it's sad, man. That is, uh, that's horrible. That is horrible. And uh, mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers to those folks for sure. And be careful out there with the, uh, the cigarette butts and anything incendiary. Coming back, Rod has his first rant of a Thursday. We've got, uh, oh, yeah, bullish and BS before the end of the hour. Some big topics with Ty. Uh, having fun with you on a Thursday. Five hours, five days a week on the Horn app, on hornfm.com, 1019 AM 1260. It's Ian Rodby. Texas Sports, the Horn. He says on the uh, Specs Tech Sign, the Sports Syndicate with Ian Rod B. I like that. It's not bad. I'm writing that one down. Yeah. Mm hmm. Maybe like a a mob boss, a crime boss or something. What are we, the Peaky Blinders or something? What are we doing over here? (laughs) Syndicate. Group of individuals, organizations combined to promote something, some common interest. Okay, See, there you go. Syndicate. See, it's not that shady. It just sounds shady, but I kind of like it. Depends on what that common interest like is. Sinister. Yeah. Ah, there Depends you go. on what the common interest is. Could be is. a sinister common interest. That's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like that, though. It's good. I mean, someone says the morning herb. Ooh. H E R B. Yeah, E H R V. That's not bad. I like that. I like that too. <laughs> I, like, oh, I was like, that's pretty damn clever, man. That's not bad. I'm right now and down. Herb. The morning herb. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, thanks, thanks for those. We'll have a winner, or not a winner. We'll have a name at some point. Uh, I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning Rise and Grind, which I like. I think there's a. No. I wrote the Rise and Grind down. I like got that. that Rise and Shine, of course. Rise mm-hmm. and Grind. Yeah. Uh, with Ian Rod B. Uh, Ty will have his. Do you have any suggestions? Have anything piqued your interest with that, Ty, so far? Uh, there's been, been a few. Seeing them. Uh, I, I know there's a few good ones on Twitter. We had a post on there. If anybody. Oh, we got some great ones on Twitter. I got to go through and look at those. Instagram as well. Okay. Um, I've seen those. Good. Yeah. I don't know why the Texas Fight Club really just. Texas. Texas. <laughs> okay, I'm writing it down. Ty likes well, Texas Fight Club. It's the name of the fight song in Texas, Texas Fight Club. You know what? You know what? Te- I'm writing it down. Actually, I, the more I say it, the more I like it. The TFC. The TFC. Oh, okay. No, I like that even better. Uh, that's okay. called I Like the Cheat Code as a name because you talk about cheat codes quite oh, a bit. Yeah. I also like the ones that, that are playoff, like some kind of coverage, like double coverage. I like that Too Deep and stuff. That was good. Like the the Too Deep was too good. Too Deep, yeah. The cover, like the cover two, something like that. Yeah, those aren't the bad. The flyover defense. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. You can do no, that. Uh, but it is uh, the only morning sports conversation that in the ATX. That morning feeling. That morning feeling. Rise and grind, baby. Rise like and grind. Uh, looking at some of these uh, videos from... Oh man, it's Lahaina. It is just t- Whoa. terrifying. Well, if you can, if you've seen the video, that is, I didn't realize on that scale. That's unbelievable. It's apocalyptic. It really Whoa. is because obviously there's so much burning and the, the winds are blowing so hard. It's moving so fast, and um, you know, it's man. one of those. When, when Praying you, for those folks. I don't know, man. I mean, floods are one thing. You know, hurricanes, tornadoes, but you know, fire is. That's apocalyptic. I told you my uh, my wife's brother used to be a smoke jumper. And they would literally, they go, they actually, they're only certain used amount. Used to be? Of, used to be because he just got married and his his mom, my my mother-in-law now, she, they basically have been trying to <laughs> get him to leave, leave that job for the last, you know, those five, six years. Because every time he goes on fire, they can't, they don't get to talk to him because, you know, he's out there on oh. the fire and he's out there for, I don't know. A week days or at a time, days yeah. at a time, sometimes uh, a couple of weeks, and you know you'll just get to get a call when you get a call. You know, other than that, you're just on pins and needles, 
And you're trying to, like you said, you're following social media, trying to kind of find some inside information about it. But, uh, yeah, that's one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. Now he's a desk. Now he trains smoke jumpers. Okay. So it's a little bit better. But some of these guys may, if the, the fire gets bad enough, they get deployed they gotta around go. the country because there's only a certain amount of smoke jumping teams. That's unreal. Cause well. who, yeah, because how many human beings you know that want to do that and are qualified so to do it? So he jumps out of, like, planes or helicopters? Or yeah, what? jumps out of planes. Like, into the fire? Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to get in the deal. You got to get in there, and they got to, like, cut down it. trees and do Jeez. all types of stuff and dig ditches, and oh. they're trying to, like, di- contain it and divert it and stuff. It's, I see. It's pretty That's complicated. Crazy. Oh, no, it's it wild, control. dude. It's wild. And I'm like... You do this for this is a, a, you can't find a safer job than this. So that's not just like your regular fireman. That's no, like no, very he's specialized. A, yeah, he's well, that, I mean, next again, level stuff. We dude. appreciate our firefighters and Yo, first no, responders because yeah. they're rushing in to God bless y'all. save people. I saw the story yesterday that there was a young young twenty five year old mother of a, of a baby, and a Cedar Park police officer like ran back into the to the apartment that was on fire to get diapers and a diaper bag and something that she needed. I mean, these people are unbelievable. What they do, for, I know. It, for no, us. it is. You talk about bravery and courage. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> I mean, and, and now you're seeing videos from Maui. That's, I mean, these are from the most beautiful resorts in the world. Uh, they're in resorts, and the, the island's on fire. I mean, can you imagine? You're, I mean, how many people are there? Obviously, the people who live there, but vacationers, yeah. tourists. You just see dark, just, black oh. clouds, and it's not clouds. It's just smoke, but it's clouds of smoke. Says, uh, how about the morning flex, guys? I like that. The morning, morning flex, flex ain't bad. Writing that down. The morning like flex. Um, morning flex. That the might... uh, morning audible, single coverage with Patrick Day. Oh, that's the afternoon show. Single coverage, pretty good. That's not bad. We told yeah. that Patrick one already has it. a name, right? The sports complex. It is a sports complex. Yeah. Uh, the complexities of sports. Patrick doing a great job, by the way, every afternoon. You know who else is doing a good job? Yes, I'm enjoying talented. listening to the Rich Eisen show. I know Jim Rome's been on vacation this week, so they had guest host. But uh, Rich Eisen, man, we'll play you. NFL season, he, it gets even better I'll, during the season. I'll play you a piece of Rich Eisen sound. He talked to uh, Mark Schlereth yesterday. Coming up, I'll play it for you. He he has no sympathy for the running backs who are trying to unionize and figure out what's going on at their position. I'll let you hear that. A former player saying, you know, because oh, Mark Schlereth's a center. He's offensive center, lineman, right? yeah. He's an offensive lineman. No, no, I've said this before, and I hope he gets to the take. Running back is actually not the most undervalued position in the NFL. Center. I've it's heard you. Center. Center. It's center. Well, and and, and, <laughs> and we'll centers let, don't complain about it. We'll talk about it later. I'll, I'll, I'll let you hear Mark Schlereth. But, Ben, and if you if you listen to Rich Eisen, you hear some really – he had uh, Tyron, Tyron the Honey Badger on yesterday, which was mm-hmm. really good. Um, Mark Schlereth, I mean, he does a great job. And I think that Rich Eisen show is outstanding between 2 and 5 every day, ahead of Patrick Davis with the sports complex. I also know what is outstanding, and that is when Rod has a rant he wants to dive into. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, Longhorn fans are excited. Uh, Colin Simmons Day. (laughs) A lot of Longhorn fans are hoping that is the case. Uh, And, you know, we know this recruitment has kind of gone back and forth, and right now people believe it's between Texas and LSU. So around 2 o'clock today, you'll get that announcement, and I'm sure, you know, my man Patrick will bring it up, and we'll be talking about it tomorrow too. But I want to get into, and I gave this little stat, uh, yesterday, but I want to dive into it just a little bit more because I, I think it is a, a mind-blowing stat. that He's from Duncanville, and that's in the DFW area. And the DFW area has been blowing up, and blowing up in a lot of ways, even with population booms and with migration patterns. A lot of people are moving to that DFW area. 
And as a result, the football has now gone to an unprecedented level of dominance in the state. <laughs> uh, and I'm from H-Town. So H-Town, I, I would always have debates with Craig when I worked with Craig for all those years that I think Houston has you know, better athletes than the Dallas area, but Dallas has better football teams. Um, I, I, can, I cannot argue that anymore. <laughs> not right, that right, not right now. No. Well, and you know, Houston took a big jump uh, after Katrina. Katrina, yeah. So many they, Louisiana, so many folks, players yeah. came from that New Orleans, Baton Rouge area, yeah. and families, and they settled they in settled, Houston. They, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's and a Houston great point. Houston went through the roof. It went through, no question. A lot of those players who came from Louisiana and, and migration patterns from Louisiana to to Houston and to Texas happening for a long time, but then they had a just a huge influx yep. all at one time within like a two year span of a ton like thousands of people uh coming to to h-town to settle down from uh you know disaster uh zones pretty much and so texas actually and houston was competing as he just mentioned with dfw in a lot of ways in terms of producing nfl talent it's just the last couple of years the last three or four years they've really even separated from h-town and I'm excited. I'm a Houston guy. I hate to admit it. And I even have to admit to Craig now, like, oh, no, they got better talent and they got better football happening in DFW than H-Town. H-Town is no, I mean, they're no slouch. They got nothing to be embarrassed about. But right now, DFW is on, on another level. All right. And here's the stat that proves that. I've been tracking it. Since 2020, uh, the DFW area has had uh, 50 players drafted since 2020. Um, that would be fifth. <laughs> If you were looking at states with the most players drafted in the same time span, Texas is first, then Florida, then Georgia, then California, then the DFW area. Well, because, that's how good it, well, it, and, they'd, they'd be had a Louisiana with four. Louisiana's at forty-four. And you think, and look, the DFW <laughs> is a massive place. You, it's a, it's a huge metroplex. Way, you talk to Craig, what, what is the DFW? I mean, you're talking all things South Dallas, but all the way to Denton, which is— It's um, growing, too, I guess, too, Denton's technically. 30 minutes north of yeah. you know, Fort Worth, and, yeah. and I mean, it's way up there. And then if you go east of Denton, you're into, what, Frisco and Plano and yeah. Lovejoy, Lucas Lovejoy and all the new—it's just sprawl, mm-hmm. but it's all— Football talent. It's DF. They consider it all the same metroplex. Metroplex, area. man, because it, it, it's Fort Worth and Dallas, mm. and Fort Worth's got some great programs going. Arlington, oh. Arlington uh, produces great talent. It's unbelievable. Uh, so yes, and and obviously the most fertile of that is the Duncanville, South Oak Cliff area, that South Dallas area. And long, I will give Steve Sarkeesian a lot of credit. He's do, they're doing a good job of building that pipeline into South Dallas. You have to. You have to. There are two places you have to make sure you have a foothold in Texas. There is Dallas. DFW just gave you those numbers. And Houston, too. Houston's still top 10. If you looked at Houston and Dallas, both of those areas, both of those metroplex regions in the state would rank probably in the top 10 of, if you're looking at the states that have produced the most NFL players since 2020, just DFW, like I said, they're, they're, they're taking on, you know, kind of a, a whole different level of dominance here recently. And then I found this little stat because I'm trying to, you know, you just brought up a great point, And I was I've been saying this for years. If you follow migration patterns and population booms across the country, you actually can predict recruiting booms. Yeah, you really can. I mean, that, that not all the time is not an exact science. But I'll give you a stat. The Texas Triangle, which is the triangle that uh, includes the DFW area, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, and College Station, is all what they call the Texas Triangle. 75% of the citizens in this state live in that triangle. 
So when you're when you're oh yeah seventy seventy five percent of the state lives in that one triangle. So when you're recruiting, all you gotta do is make sure you master the Texas triangle. Now, if you want to get out to West Texas, that's great. You want to get out to East Texas, you can do that too. But man, most of that talent's right there, and there that you know DFW area, there is not a more fertile metroplex in the country. And I I'll, even with maybe the Florida areas, they can probably compete in that Dade, Miami Dade. Uh, that area is probably in that conversation, but I would put that DFW area against any metroplex uh, in the in the country in terms of the 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 amount of NFL players that they are able to produce. And it's, I think it's only getting better. And when you look at the fastest growing cities and the fastest growing uh, areas in this country over the last ten years, man, the DFW area it tracks. They probably have more. DFW cities um, listed in the top 50 than any other area or region in the country. Frisco, between Frisco, McKinney, uh, Allen, Denton, Richardson, and Fort Worth, that is four cities in the top 50 fastest growing cities in the last decade that are in that DFW area that I counted. Uh, when I just did the little research of the fastest growing cities in the last decade in the country. And the current fastest growing counties in this state are <laughs> south of here. Exactly. Kyle, uh, well, Hayes County, into San Marcus Rob, County, yeah, yeah. And, south here. And what's been happening here in Central Texas? Growing. Now you got Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, all coming to Central Texas, right? Population boom and, equals recruiting boom. And who did Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> just hire as his new liaison with high school coaches, director of high school recruiting, uh, Jamal, Jamal Fenner from LBJ. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows. He's like, man, it's blowing up blowing around here. here. And then think about it. You have places like, uh, you know, Georgia has overtaken California as the, you know, the the city, sorry, the, sorry, the, the state that's actually producing the third most talent in the country. Remember, you always, always used to be California, Texas, and Florida. They basically they trade places on the top three states that produce the most NFL players. Now Georgia has taken over that third spot and overtaken California. Why? You can kind of go back to population booms and migration patterns. People are leaving California. Yeah, for sure. And people are going to Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Into this triangle you speak of. (laughs) Yeah, they're coming here and they're going to Atlanta. They're going other. They're going to North. Some of the other population booms that are probably end up being recruiting booms: North Carolina, South Carolina, Nevada, Arizona's on that list. Where's Bijan from? Where's Brock Purdy from? Arizona's been on that list a few times as one of the fastest growing cities, um, or at least fast. They have some of the fastest growing cities within Arizona, I should say. in the last 10 years. And now you're seeing that area blow up a little bit for talent. So I just think it's the, you can kind of predict it. It's not an exact science, but there's no question. We should have been able to predict that DFW is going to take off. Houston is still in there. Houston's got Sugarland, Paraland in there. North Shore. Uh, Galena Park, baby. Yeah, exactly. League Screw City. League City. <laughs> Atascacita is in there. So Houston's got theirs, but yeah. DFW right now, because it's blowing up, man, the, uh, the, the football is blowing up with it. All right, speaking of uh, Colin Simmons Day, we're going to talk to Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football coming up at 810. Get his thoughts. Of course, Mike used to uh, uh, cultivate that Fab 55 at the Austin American Statesman, oh, so yeah. really tied in on the recruiting trail. His thoughts on how good Colin Simmons actually is and then what he's hearing uh, on the recruiting trail with the Longhorns and LSU, his final two. Uh, have you ever seen the uh, the 98th parallel no. uh, population graph of the United States? You know, the 98th parallel pretty much runs right through the middle of the country. 
and Austin is on the 98th parallel, north to south. It starts way at the top of the of the United States of America, and it goes right through, okay. you know, the heart of the of the country, and goes through Dallas, goes through uh, Austin into San Antonio. Everything. Do you know? Do you realize that east of the 98th parallel, 80 percent of this country country's population is to the west of it, only 20 percent. Of the country's population, wow, Everything that's is, a great stat. Yeah, and if you if you shave off a tiny parallel, I mean, down the uh, the Pacific seaboard, right from Seattle down through Los Angeles and San Diego, ten percent of that twenty live in that sliver. The middle of the everything in between, like nine percent of the population of this country live between west of the ninety eighth parallel and east of. The, the the southern you know the the, the western and Pacific yeah no you're so right that tells you how much space is out there yeah, and, and a lot of, that is changing because my wife grew up in Idaho, Idaho. she and, lived in that and area. went to yeah the University of Montana and you're starting to see more and more Texans you're starting Moving to see to more Montana big money though because yeah you know, so big money but they want property and they want to they like you said they yeah. want to take advantage of all that space out there. 80% of this country lives east of that 98. That's, that's a great meridian, factoid. Hey, we'll come back. Uh, yeah, east of that line is where 80% of the United States lives. We'll be back when we do. It's some bullish or BS with T.Y. Also some topics we're bullish and BS on. Also Mike Craven on Colin Simmons Day. Coming up. Thursday on the horn. At, uh, somebody said DFW, now the fourth largest metropolitan area in the U.S. behind only New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago, that is true. That makes sense. It, 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 it tracks. Yeah. <laughs> it it's tracks. In terms of the talent Houston, Houston and Dallas kind of go back and forth on that. Philadelphia, both have passed Philadelphia now, I believe, as far as largest metro goes. Doesn't uh, San Antonio have more people than Houston now? No. No way. Really? Mm. No, Houston is, Houston is huge. ridiculous. And it's really what, what you consider Houston. Yeah, because uh, greater, great, yeah, now it's greater Houston. It's southeast east, Texas It's now. greater Houston. Yeah, it takes up everything. Really, thing. it's becoming more North Texas, South Texas, Southeast Texas than San Antonio, Houston, or Dallas. I mean, it's a oh, one day, massive just, Yeah, one day somebody's going to be trying to connect all of it. Oh, it, all, it all will. <laughs> especially, it all from, will. especially from Austin to San Antonio, that somebody's they're well, trying look, to do I mean, that it, now. It, it, just drive, drive around yeah. on the East Coast, right? Drive from... You know, Baltimore to Philadelphia to New York. I mean, it's they're mm-hmm. a couple yeah. hours apart, but yeah, it's end up being all... trains that connect it all. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, DC's right there. I mean, it's it's uh, major metros, and that's what is building here in the great state, uh, without a doubt. Uh, also, it's time for uh, bullish or BS topics uh, maybe we've missed and need to get to here this morning, including Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk cage match could be held. It says here at the <laughs> Roman Coliseum. This is the latest story on this. Oh, Strange. I thought they already talked about. I that. know. Well, it just came out again. I hear it on Sports Illustrated that UFC President Dana White discussed staging the fight between Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg, ex-owner Elon Musk, at the Coliseum in Rome. He told boxing great Mike Tyson and doubled down on it. He was a Mike Tyson's apparently got a podcast now. Mike Tyson. Oh, oh yeah, it's Mike- good. Is I it bet. Good? It, really I, good. Just, I bet. I bet it is good because he's so forthcoming. Like he just doesn't have a filter. He'll give you everything. And he's done like a Broadway show and everything. Like he's done some with a one man show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's an interesting character. Uh, Dana White says he has spoken with the associates of Gennaro Sangularno, the uh, Italian Minister of Culture, and they're on track. <laughs> this thing is now, not did, happening. Didn't Elon Musk say he's got to have some surgery on his neck or something? Yeah, these guys—they're just—they're just talking. Uh, I don't think either one of them actually wants this to happen. As soon as. One of them calls the other on the bluff, then the other one has some excuse as to why they can't do it. So, 
Yeah, it's BS. It is BS. It's so BS. not bullish BS. He's, he's now, billionaires. If, I it, if it actually happens, would you actually watch it? Yes, I'm going to find a way to watch the billionaires. <laughs> I will. I, they, they, I don't know if they're getting my money. I'm going to find a way to leech and mooch off somebody else and maybe pay just a, a fraction of the, the money. But, yeah, there, there will be a fight party to watch that fight. Every nickel better go to charity. I think it will. Better. Yeah. yeah. And it, honestly, a you know, good charity. And honestly, Dana White said it would – it would generate more revenue than any other combat sporting event in history, is what he said. That's what Dana White said. Dana White. And you know what? Maybe he's right about that. Maybe he's right. Well, Ty, Ty likes to fight, right? Ty, Ty was in the fight club. Ty likes to call this fight show guy. Texas Fight Club. Texas, he's a likes the to Texas. fight I don't, I don't just fight for no reason. Though. I know, but you like to fight, though. Somebody wants, if somebody disrespects you or it feels good. if somebody gives you a reason to fight, you're ready to fight. Yeah. You're not a de-escalator. You're an escalator. Exactly. <laughs> Bullish or B S. Exactly. Real quick, Rod. Then Ty's got some some B and B for us. Are you uh, you bullish or BS on the Johnny Manziel doc, which you saw last night? I am. Uh, I'm I'm bullish on it. You should watch it. Just know going in that it is just reliving the Johnny Manziel era with some behind the scenes footage from the the key players and characters like Johnny himself and Uncle Nate. So it's don't look for detailed and journalistic integrity about all that. No, no, no. You're going to learn some new stuff, but it's not that thorough. It's, I thought it's not as thorough as it, need, it needed to be, you know? So that's all right. But it's still, it's fun to relive it because you forget how, what a phenomenon he was. He was. He was, he was a, a comet. He was a comet. It, it, it happened so fast. Came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he starts that season. Nobody knows who the hell he is. Because remember, he was running through the wide receiver line at A&M when Cliff Kingsbury yeah. was, was running the offense there. Jake Spavitol was down there at the time. And they, you know, they thought with the, what they have, Mike Evans and uh, who's the other receiver? Ryan Swope. Ryan Swope. Westlake, baby. Yeah. And they Shots. felt like, and they had a really good mm-hmm. offensive line. And they felt like, you know, this quarterback that could, could run, could yeah. move, would give us an advantage. And, you know, and it worked. It yep. certainly worked. And I think they lost the first game, and K- Cliff Kingsbury blamed himself. He said, I didn't let Johnny lose. I kept trying to control him, kept trying to tell him what to do, micromanage. He's like, you just got to put Johnny out there, call a play, and let him go. And then you just hold your breath and just, oh, there, is there, <laughs> just there's let a lot it go. From, a, lot, a lot from Cliff in the dock? Oh, yes. Cliffy is in there a lot. Cliff and, and Billy Lucci's in there a lot. Billy, they, yeah. I well, mean, because well, I've, I've heard that, stars uh, of that it. Cliff is still kind of a, a, a life support for Johnny Manziel, advisor, just helping him, trying to be a mentor. I can believe to him. that the way he talks about, it. because I think he recognizes there's a little guilt that we all cashed in on Johnny. Yeah, we all, all and of let him run wild. and yeah, we all cashed in and kind of let made him a lot run of people wild. A lot of money, and we made a lot of money off of Johnny. So let's make sure we take care of Johnny. Yeah, take care of Johnny. Ty, what do you have for us in bullish or BS? Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers, your undefeated professional bull riding team Fosh here in Austin, Hizzle. Texas, five and zero. Oh. We'll be in Anaheim this weekend. Get your tickets for the Gambler Days at the end of the month. What do you have, Ty? I uh, got a little tidbit from Jets uh, practice yesterday. They had a joint practice with Carolina, and uh, the offensive line was uh, not very good for the Jets, and there was a bit of frustration since uh, from the O-lineman about Aaron Rodgers. Seems like he's pretty pissed off, so you bullish or BS that the line will be able to hold up for the Jets Ooh. this year. It's their biggest question mark. I don't, uh, I don't think so. Hold the BS, because that division is... Filled with some good defenses. <laughs> Buffalo, Miami, the Patriots. Mm. Patriots still play good defense. Von Miller. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, I I'd like to be bullish on the Jets because it's a good story, but that 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 line is their problem. That's a, that's a big problem. Is the concern? That's a third world problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll talk about that coming up. But are you bullish or BS on the Jets? Who wins that division right now? 
Buffalo. Buffalo? I got Miami. Ooh. If Tua stays healthy, though, that's an if. Big if. <laughs> big if. <laughs> All right. Bullish and BS brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. We're back. Mike Craven will weigh in on Colin Simmons' big decision coming today. He's from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It's tough. A lot of home companies are going to try to lowball you. Orchard is the opposite. They're going to pay you the upside. When that 